This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Cashman, and this is our weekly look at the Kansas City Royals. I'm joined, as I am each week, by Jeffrey Flanagan. Jeffrey, uh, I got to tell you, at the All-Star game uh, in San Diego last week, uh, post-game, they, they bring in Terry Collins uh, into the press interview room and to assess the loss, and then they bring in uh, Ned Yost and, and Eric Hosmer in succession. I'm like, this certainly feels familiar. Um <laughs> Obviously, the Royals stepped up on that national stage, as they are prone to do, uh, before we get into the nitty-gritty of the second half. Uh, just your thoughts on, uh, on how that All-Star game played out with the Royals driving all the runs to the American League, Eric Hosmer at the MVP. Everything was coming up Royals again that night. Yeah, it, uh, I'm sure Collins is feeling like, uh, well, here we go again. But uh, I think it really uh, it, it, it produced some good vibes uh, for the first time in a long time uh, with this organization. Uh, you know, the fan base reacted very positive to the to that game, and the, the clubhouse was kind of jumping uh, on Friday when they got back. Uh, um, just uh, there haven't been that many great fun moments for this team for the first half of the season, and, yeah. and certainly that provided one. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, another great moment coming up on Thursday: uh, the, the Royals will visit the White House. I know it's the, the number one question on the lips of fans. Will Jeffrey Flanagan be in attendance? <laughs> I will be there covering it if I can get through. There you go. Service. <laughs> well, that is a question. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But obviously, uh, a great, always a uh, great moment uh, in the aftermath of uh, the championship glow. Uh, get to go shake hands with the Prez and, and all that entails. So it'll be a great moment for them. Good, nice. Not a bad way to spend an off day. Um, but in the meantime, uh, obviously things are not going particularly great, as you alluded to, uh, in the actual games themselves here in 2016. Injuries are a huge part of that. Uh, as we record this, the Royals have dropped seven of their last ten, and this is all, of course, coming at a time when, when teams are thinking about uh, not always a, a big question, like what direction do we go with the organization, but you know, how, how much is this club worth adding to? Uh, is it worth subtracting from at all? I don't think the Royals will get to that point, but um, but certainly when you talk about midseason additions, um, it, it's tough. The Royals are in a tough spot. They traded away five pitchers at last year's deadline, so they don't want to cut the farm system too much more. Um, but there, there's certainly need on this club. You know, again, given the injuries and the inconsistency in the rotation, what do you make of the July market as it pertains to the Royals? Well, I think they're going to be somewhat active as much as they can be. You mentioned. <clears throat> the haul that they had to give up last year to get Cueto and Zobris, and it was substantial. Um, there's not a ton of, uh, of prospects right now to offer, but I think Dayton and his staff, Dayton Moore and his staff, will be pretty creative in trying to bolster this team right now, and it certainly needs something. I mean, you mentioned the 7 out of 10. Uh, they're just, there's just some things lacking right now. They, they don't have a number 5 starter, so to speak. Uh, once again, this week they'll be 
probably going with Dylan G or Brian Flynn. Um, right field has been kind of an issue. Uh, Paul Orlando's numbers are way down uh, in the last month and a half. Uh, they're just not getting any production there. Offensively, as a whole, they're just not really doing a whole lot, and it's, it's uh, that kind of inconsistency is showing up right now. And um, just like uh, in Sunday's game, uh, I was mentioning uh, with some of the coaching staff that that was a game, and they lost four to two on a walk-off homer off of Soria. That that was a game a year ago that they would have found a way to win. And in, in those types of games this year, they're kind of finding ways to lose. And it's just the, the difference. Uh, Maybe in the energy level, the makeup of this team right now, it's just things are not clicking. And I do think they'll be active. I don't think Dayton's going to throw up the white flag. He's way too competitive for that. Um, I don't know what they can get, what, what's out there. You know, you talk about a fifth star, maybe it's a Matt Moore, Odorizzi, someone like that. Uh, but it depends on the price tag, of course. But uh, two years ago at this time, they were two games under 500, uh, and they made a strong surge uh, toward that final wild card spot. And we know what happened after that. So, uh, keep that in mind that this team's, you know, not dead yet. Not dead yet. No, that's very true. Uh, is, is it a different just feel in that clubhouse? I mean, you lose a guy like Moose for for the year, that's going to yep. have an impact on you. you got guys shuffling on and off the DL in general, and there's there hasn't been much consistency to the, the overall makeup of the roster. That has to impact things. Yeah, I, I really think so, too. I think they miss Moose a lot more. And then people might realize that he was just—he was the vocal leader, uh, you know, very high-energy uh, guy that you know was always chirping in the dugout and in the clubhouse. And uh, his replacement, Chester Cuthbert, has been very good on the field and at home plate, but he's just not that type of guy. He's not that type of personality. He's very, very quiet, uh, very soft-spoken guy. And uh, you know, Lorenzo Cain's been out of the lineup. Alex Gordon missed a month, and and he's not been hitting since he's been back. So it's just. Yeah, there's just things missing that were there last year. Uh, they just had that feeling last year that they would find a way to win each game, and, and this particular group of, of Royals right now, I don't think necessarily feels that way. Uh, one piece of good news that came out of the weekend was the return of Wade Davis from the DL, uh, mm-hmm. forearm situation, which is sometimes can be a precursor to bigger, worse things, but he was uh, basically the minimum amount of time on the DL, if I'm not mistaken. The Royals bullpen yep. had a 5.01 ERA in his absence, 13 earned runs in 23 in a third inning. So, obviously, <laughs> great to have him back in the fold. Yeah, probably just one day too late, too, because they could have used him yeah. in Friday, Friday night's game, which uh, the bullpen uh, spit up late, too. So, yeah, it's great to get for, for him to get back in the in the, in the bullpen. And um, they, just, they need guys like that so they can stretch out and move Herrera back to the eighth and Hoach and Soria back to the seventh instead of, you know, them in the late innings, and they need to get Lorenzo Cain back, and he's probably still another week, week and a half away. Uh, uh, there's just, uh, they, they've got to they've got to find something right now to, to stay in the hunt and and see what Dayton can offer at the end of the month. Seems like one of their bigger X factors moving forward in the second half. I mean, you talk about the need uh, for, for perhaps another bat, and maybe that bat is, is in-house, but uh, since Alex Gordon came off the DL a few weeks back, uh, 18 games, he's hitting a buck 97 uh, <laughs> since coming back from that fractured right wrist. And, of course, uh, you know, wasn't contributing much offensively before that injury. So I, I think in one of your stories, Jeffrey described it as, you know, spinning his wheels. I think that's a good uh, good description of, of Gordon's season here uh, after signing that, uh, that, that contract to return to Kansas City. What does he say? What do they say about what's going on with him at the plate? Well, yeah, he's he's as frustrated as anyone right now. This is just, uh, you know, he's been prone to to big slumps in his, throughout his career where he'll look like 
look horrible for three or four weeks, and then he'll get hot for three or four weeks and, and carry a team. And we just haven't seen the hot Alex Gordon yet. Um, we, I think Ned and the staff thought maybe he was coming out of it uh, on the Sunday before the All Star break when he homered and doubled and hit a couple balls, other balls hard. And uh, but he's come back since you know, over the weekend didn't look particularly uh, good over the weekend. And you know he's, he's said many times he's he's very frustrated and he just does not look like the same hitter up there. He's chasing a lot of breaking balls. His contact rate is way down. Um, that hopefully you know maybe he'll be the the added bat in the second half of the season if he can just start hitting because right now their lineup just does not look very imposing to other teams. It's just not very deep. No, and a good side. Uh... Uh, Sal Perez, I think last time we spoke, we talked about how, how rough things are going for him offensively, but, um, you know, his last week or so of play, it was it sandwiched around the all-star break, but uh, certainly he's come alive at the plate and they had that big home run uh, for the American League in the all-star game. He, he had just as good an argument for the MVP, uh, you know, putting the, the American League team ahead. So good things happening from his bat. Yeah, and they certainly need that. I mean, it's amazing with him too. Once he starts to be a little bit more selective at the plate, uh, his numbers just rise tremendously. So there are some good signs there too. And another good sign is Giordano Ventura, who pitched a terrific game on Sunday, and and that's that's two straight really really solid outings from him. Uh, the ro- there was really nothing wrong with their rotation over the weekend in Detroit. Uh, they just uh, lost a couple of late leads. So if they can get that rotation settled down. Uh, maybe they can start winning some of these games four to two and three to two like they did a year ago. All right, there you have it. The latest from Jeffrey Flanagan on all things Kansas City Royals. I want to thank him for joining us and thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.